the new era of WWE with the McMahons, and yet there's still way too much talking. This is the Double Turn Podcast, basically part one of the holiday edition of the Double Turn Podcast with the J-Man and Boss Ross, and it starts right now. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's not the right song I wanted to sing, but I don't care because it's the holiday season. J-Man is here with Boss Ross, and we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Enter Dolph Ziggler as the caddy. Insert white picket joke here. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? This is the Double Turn Podcast, J-Man, Boss Ross. It is part one. Too sweet me, bro. Absolutely. Earliest that's ever happened, by the way. I don't care. Love it. Uh, podcast, we do what we want. This is essentially part one of the holiday edition because we are going to be here next week. It is, And that show will be on the 27th. So it will be in between Christmas and New Year's, but since it's a few days before Christmas, we're already kind of getting in the spirit of things. It's part one of the holiday edition of this show. Dude, you walked into my house. You saw I have every single Christmas light on in my house right now. And you have a table full of uh, cookie residue from all the Christmas cookies, which, by the way, I still need some of those. You will get some. We'll have some towards the end of this podcast. I kid you not, guys. It looks like Tony Montana had an incredible, insane cocaine binger. On my table. Say it hello is, to my little friend. Say hello to my little friend. He's mm-hmm. got mountains of cocaine. That's what my table looks like right he now. He was pushing it to the limit, really. Push it to the limit. Limit. Awful. Anyway, so we Rick, have... By the a, way, Rick Ross made a killer song off that cover. Go ahead. Did he? He did. Okay. It's awesome. Was he Was he, Was he? he shirtless in this video, being uh, like, ooh, I'm Rick Ross. Yeah. Rick Ross has this weird thing about being a real... He likes to show off his bod. But it's a bod he shouldn't be showing off. But but is he hanging out with DJ Khaled? DJ Khaled. Right. We the best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, we have Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT. There is, of course, news within those shows. And then we have a top five Stone Cold Steve Austin matches. Oh, yeah. In which, of course, you said, uh, what was it, his birthday? His 54th birthday was 54th on Tuesday. 54th birthday. Yeah. Uh, his podcast is still going strong, by the way. Awesome podcast. Uh, Broken Skull, is that the name of his ranch? And Broken I think it's Skull also ranch. the name of his, wait, is that the, oh, no, what's the name of his podcast the Stone Cold. The Stone Cold podcast. There you go. For some reason, I thought Broken Skull was in the podcast, too. It, it doesn't matter. Well, he probably records it from the Broken Skull Ranch. He does have a nice setup. What he does. Can I say? Oh, dude, it's super killer. Him and Y2J killing the wrestling podcast. Love Jericho. And you know what the great thing is? That they are not fully wrestling podcasts. Is it wrestling related a lot? Sure. They're two of the greatest of all time. But I love how they differentiate themselves and do different things. They do wrestling interviews with yes. wrestling people. And oftentimes they talk very little wrestling. They do. And it, that's what makes it so great, both of them. So shout out to Y2J. Shout out to Stone Cold. So, so we're doing a top five Stone Cold Steve Austin matches in honor of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's 54th birthday. We'll have that for you at the end of this show, along with where you can find this show. Of course, we have a new edition, yes. as I was last told. We'll give you that at the end of the show. We want to make sure that that gets done. But we have a new platform for this podcast that you can also find us on. I know there are certain ones that we hype all the time, yep. uh, but, they, but we did have an extra one that was brought to my attention after the last podcast so i was not able to get it out or i should say we were not able to get it out and so we'll have that information for you 
at the end of the show. And I have it brought up right now, so that way I don't forget to actually mention it. There it is. Outstanding. Uh, so uh, we had our TLC pay-per-view. We already had the review and everything else that went through with it. Yeah. And so that this was, was the week. great show, by the way, my friend. is always was. killing the game. It was. Yeah. Uh, we were not together. I ended up doing the review show solo. So hopefully everything, is, hopefully everything is well with you. Uh, yeah, just had to go ahead and finish it. First of all, my wife wanted to make sure that we spent some time together, the, uh, us two with the kids and I just wanted to make sure I helped her out with a few things and whatnot. So it was just making sure that I was uh, available to my family for a little bit um, and whatnot. And we were able to go ahead and get everything taken care of. So everything is all as well. And you killed the podcast game as always. You guys can go ahead and catch it right now up on SoundCloud and on every other one of the platforms that we're on, of course. It's the TLC Review Show is what I named it. And again, Ross just absolutely kills it. So uh, we are back together again for, again, this week and next week. That will be our year-end review show next week. We're looking forward week. to that. We're really working hard on it. Uh, I, I made sure J-Man put together a list of the stuff I need to research and be ready for. I asked him to do it two weeks early, and so he has obliged. And so we are getting our list together uh, for our year-end review, in which we will review this year in wrestling. M- mostly WWE. There will be other things that we talk about. I'm sure uh, All In will be thrown back in there because it was just too good of a show to not talk about. Yes, honestly. of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, so leading uh, up to this week in programming, the big thing was that we were going to have Vince McMahon back on television. We did not know if it was going to be past Monday Night Raw, which I believe he was on Raw and SmackDown. He was. Uh, so that was big news in that he was at least coming back to Raw. Yes. That was a big selling point of Raw this week was that Vince was going to come back. It actually, a uh, quick bit of news, and I discussed this before we went on air, Raw's viewership ratings went up because of because of his hype. Uh, yes. Between that and I actually honestly think it's a matter of there are more people that are not uh, super busy during this time of year. So perhaps they had a bigger spike because more people are at home to watch it. Maybe some people went on vacation early, possibly. You're, you complete I think it's a mixture of everything. Not to mention, you can't go much lower than what you did over the past couple of weeks on Raw. That's true. Price. So it's like you had to go ahead and come back up to level itself out. I could be wrong. No, that's that's true. And and you know what? Um, they will take it as a win. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, I don't need to see the McMahons on every show every week. I agree. It shouldn't take – and I'm sure Vince – and there was a lot of reports out there by different websites saying that Vince didn't want to come back out. And Vince – and it's not just the fact that the viewership ratings are down. It's – I mean Vince is 75-plus. Getting right up there. there. He's up there. He, doesn't, he just doesn't want to come back out anymore. I don't blame him. So for him to feel that he needs to come back out in order to get the product back steered correctly, it, it's frustrating. But, you know, at the same time, you think to yourself, I don't know, Vinny, you kind of put yourself in this situation when you were only pushing Roman Reigns. True. As opposed to having what worked for you back in the late 90s where you had Triple H, you had Stone Cold, Rock, Kurt, Y2J, Undertaker, Kane, Mick Foley, all those guys being top guys at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just saying, but let's get into the three count. I'm sorry to go on that little tangent. Yes, so actually that is where I was going to lead us to, and that is that before we go any further into this, because Vince was the selling point for essentially the whole week, Yeah. um, leading up to just Raw from what we knew, uh, there were lots of changes when it came to the show, when it came to certain things that were happening on the show, which we'll get into as well. But um, really how, how, how I think... 
I want to start the three count this week. Again, friendly reminder, if you're just joining us, I want to explain the three count as I do every week. And that is we take the three biggest things that are happening uh, in our opinions in this week of wrestling. Of course, it's one, two, three, just like in wrestling. So we go one, two, three in that order. It doesn't mean that one's, you know, more important than the other. It's just that ranking order for ourselves and brought to you on this fine podcast. So uh, number one on this list for me is the fact that they hyped up Vince McMahon coming back. And yeah, we got changes, but I'm telling you, we got more of the same too. And if you look across the two main shows... More on Raw than on SmackDown. I feel like there was... uh, You know what? I I did have a big problem with some of SmackDown because of the pacing and some of the things they did. And let me tell you right now, there was, in a stretch, there were nine promos before two matches happened. Wow. On SmackDown. Wow. And I think I just rewatched that today. Nine (laughs) promos before there were two matches. incredible. And most of them didn't need on this television show. So you bring Vince back, you bring Steph in or or back in on TV again. Shane was on Raw. We have not seen that a whole lot. You had Triple H on Raw, which we haven't seen recently. So they say there's a lot of things. Yes, your boy, Triple H. First reference of the night. Sick, nine minutes in. Again, it's, it's, I want to give this a chance, but for now, And I realize that I don't want other people influencing what I think about, but essentially the consensus seems to be that this is going to be a lot more of the same that we've been seeing when Vince and Steph and Shane and Triple H were all running things, which even though they run things on television, it doesn't feel like they're running things. And now that, and again, I'm not saying we have the authority back. I'm saying... Well, yeah, I don't need to see 20 minute promos opening raw every week because this is the big change, quote unquote, that we're getting. So that's my so that's my one in my three count this week of the McMahons are back. But is it really going to change anything? That's a good point. And before I get to my one count, the one thing that I did notice is Triple H and Stephanie McMahons were not acting. Stephanie McMahons, Stephanie McMahon were not acting heelish in any way, shape, or form on Monday night. That was that was babyface NXT Triple H that we saw on Monday Night Raw, right? <laughs> I'm serious. No, you might laugh, but honestly, you, we've discussed it on this podcast on multiple occasions. Triple H has multiple characters. You've got heel authority, King of Kings Triple H. You've got the game Triple H, the wrestler. You've got babyface NXT daddy of Triple H. Um, you've got babyface wrestler. Triple H. That's holy crap. That's four or five of them right there. That's Did a you lot. already include DX Evolution? Oh, no. Then you've got Evolution Triple H and you got DX Triple H. All of these guys are coinciding right now in 2018. That's not a evolution from 1998 till now. That's just in 2018 alone. Woo! Anywho, I just wanted to go ahead and mention that. My one out of my three is that we're going to get Ronda Rousey versus Natalia next week. And it's just interesting how where Natalia is being positioned right now. Natalia is a babyface. And she's very much over because, first of all, she's been working her butt off to get over, first of all. She's one of the greatest of all time. You discussed that on the podcast last week, and and it was well said. But 
you put on top of the fact that Jim Neidhart, her dad, passed away just a couple of months ago. So that there's a lot of emotions running through that. And it's kind of got this thing of I want them to be careful with Natty when it comes to next week. Don't have her turn heel on Ronda. Don't do that, WWE. We are wanting to like Natty a lot because of this whole situation with Jim Neidhart. May he rest in peace, of course. We don't need to see the Natty heel turn just yet. Not to mention where Ronda Rousey is in her stage of her WWE championship run, her women's championship run. She's at a stage right now that to have this to have a mini feud, for example, with Natalia. No disrespect to Natalia when I say this, but it's below Ronda Rousey at this point. Why? Because the Charlotte and Becky thing is such a big, enormous thing, and we're so close to the Rumble, which then in turn means that we're so close to WrestleMania. I don't need that sort of stuff. I need Ronda to go and have mini feuds with other people because I think that the Ronda and Natalia feud has legs for sometime else in the future. So I just want them to be very careful with this. I'm sure that we're going to get, get a good match out of the two. I just need them to give us a story of uh, mentor versus student. And we'll see the student obviously be better than the mentor at this point because of how talented Ronda Rousey actually is. That's what I'd like to see from this. Not Natty potentially turning heel. Because I think it'd be stupid to have her turn heel. Especially considering the fact that she just had this huge babyface momentum that has been placed upon her by beating everybody in the gauntlet, which by the way, she had a great performance in the gauntlet match. It wasn't just, oh, she beat Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks was the last competitor. She beat her clean. I think she- uh, She beat three people. She beat Ember. Riot. She Ruby. beat Riot, and then she beat Sasha. All in a row. Like, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. So just be careful with how you book Natty next week. I'm telling you she needs to lose- I'm telling you that she does not need to turn heel. Don't have this be that crazy heel turn that we've been. So uh, you could very easily have that match be babyface, babyface. Absolutely. But that again, if you want to do the slow turn of Becky goes babyface and Ronda goes heel at WrestleMania, yeah, you can kind of have Ronda do a heel thing to get an advantage, but not turn heel. She just kind of takes advantage of a situation yeah. that's kind of heelish. Again, it's a slow turn. It's a slow burn. We're not turning her now. We're turning her sometime between Rumble and WrestleMania so that we get ready for it so that it's organic. Absolutely. So you can kind of have that spot in there. Yes. So I agree with you. Cool. Uh, my number two of this week is going to piggyback off of the McMahons being here, which is both GMs got fired. Yes. We had Baron Corbin, who uh, lost his match against Braun Strowman at the pay-per-view, which means he is not the full-time GM. He then cut a promo saying he wanted a match to be the general manager or have another shot. He wrestled Kurt Angle and lost. And then we just had Shane McMahon cut a backstage promo to start SmackDown saying that Paige is no longer the general manager, meaning both shows are now run by the McMahons. Again, on television all the time. Now, I've been very critical of the Paige babyface GM because it's literally the babyface version of Steph. Mm -hmm which I found to be annoying at times. Um, and I have praised the fact that at least they tried Corbin in a spot. I realized he was very deeply buried after he tried to cash in his money in the bank and lost to Jinder Mahal. And then they had him cut his hair and they put him in a non-wrestling role. 
So I thought there were specific things that were good about it because at least he was overtly being a heel, which, again, there are heels on the show that are not heels. Right. But uh, this is, once again, another stretch where we're going to see probably a lot more McMahons. We do not have general managers on the show, unless I'm wrong and Kurt Angle's just going to take over back being general manager on on Raw, which I don't know. but, But that would be dumb if they did that, but then let go of Paige. Like why? Like if they weren't gonna have like if they aren't planning on having a GM on SmackDown, then why are you gonna put a GM on Raw? Like right, and, you and, know, that and, just doesn't make any sense to me. And again, I mean, right now, I mean, even though Drake Maverick is on Raw, he is a babyface general manager of Two Hundred Five Live. We have Regal, who's yeah. amazing. He is also still a babyface GM of NXT, even though there were some weird heel things going on with Gargano. But I'm pretty sure they just dropped that. Yeah. Or at least the regal part of it they dropped. At least we think. or Because remember, the good thing about NXT is because it's that one-hour show, you can't do everything. You can't follow it up every week and whatnot. True. So we think. But we're not sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you are fine. This is a dialogue show in which we can discuss things. That is that is part of what we do here. Sure is. Uh, so, again, is it a big deal that neither show has a GM anymore? No. As long as I don't need to see McMahon promos every week and see McMahon's get involved in every storyline and everything like that. So I'll be interested to see if we just go back to a sense of, okay, this show is being run behind the scenes. I don't need somebody on camera running the day-to-day operations of Raw and SmackDown. So that is my two in the three count this week. Um, My two is... Damn, damn, damn. Becky Lynch is the biggest thing in WWE right now. And I keep saying that, and I keep keep getting proven more right and more right each and every single week. And, I mean, listen, she's doing this all on her own. She really is. She's doing this all on her own. She's just doing – she's saying whatever she feels that she needs to say on the mic, and it's just working. Good for her. Um. And by the way, listen, I don't want to toot my own horn. I'm gonna do it for I'm just gonna do it for a couple seconds because you gave me a shout out because you did think I was nuts. And I said I thought I was nuts too when I went ahead and made that call. The Oscar call. The Oscar call. Okay. But again, I want you to guys, I want you guys to understand the reason why I made that call. Because the Becky Ronda match, whether or not you want to include Charlotte into it or not, is a whole different story. But just the Becky Charlotte match is such a big money match at this point in time because of what Becky is doing. You have to put them on the same show for this build up to WrestleMania because this is not one of those interpromotional matches at this point anymore. Because this rivalry has gotten, from a storyline perspective, so personal between the two that this needs to be Becky moving over to to Raw and then having them go at it promo on promo every week up until WrestleMania, face-to-face. Not one of this, one talks on SmackDown, the other one talks on Raw. Especially if Becky is not going to be champion on SmackDown. So you need to stop the bleeding and then make sure that you get the SmackDown Women's Champion on somebody else and concentrate on that. Because the SmackDown Women's Championship is very important. Well, it's Oscar right now. It's Oscar right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. The championship itself does not deserve in the in the storyline of Becky versus Ronda to be on the back on the back burner. So 
in order to make the SmackDown champion, SmackDown Women's Championship still relevant, you need to take that away from Becky and then put it on somebody else so you can still be able to focus on Becky versus Ronda and yet still focus the SmackDown Women's title on somebody else. Fair enough. So good for Becky. Good on Becky. That opening segment on SmackDown – well, the real opening segment on SmackDown, not the actual Shane McMahon promo between Charlotte and – Becky, I thought was great. Becky can cut a pro- Becky can really come. Then Oscar came out in that promo segment too. She did, and, she, and then Vince, and then Vince, and then Naomi. Speaking of which, not too bad of a match between the two. It, it had some sloppy moments, but it really wasn't that bad. For those of you who didn't catch SmackDown, there was a championship match between Oscar and Naomi, and it was actually okay. It really wasn't bad. Good on Naomi. She did it. Had a great performance, and obviously Oscar is one of the five best women's wrestlers on the planet right now. Uh, when we get further, uh, and I realize this is not an official news segment, but when we get into some of the changes that were made this week, uh, one of them involved that match, actually, in which there was a difference of, um, well, a difference of a thought process in that uh, somebody else got a title match. Yes. On television, by the way. Absolutely. So there we'll, you go. We'll definitely get into that later on, but go ahead. All right, here's my three. It's very simple. Yeah. We had a 205 Live wrestler pin the WWE champion this week. <laughs> And again, I am not saying that as a slam against Daniel Bryan or as a slam against the situation. I am saying before the match started, Mustafa Ali is now an official member of the SmackDown roster. And in that match, it was Mustafa Ali and AJ Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas and Daniel Bryan in a tag team match. Three of the best wrestlers in WWE right now, and then Mustafa Ali. Which, by the way, he's a great wrestler, but... It's true. The, the people he's in the ring with just speaks volumes about what WWE thinks about Mustafa Ali. And I can tell you right now, that match was a test for Mustafa Ali. Did he pass it with flying colors? Well, they had him win the match. Yeah. And, I mean, there was there was one spot that I was like, oh, boy, because... It's the spot that you and I were talking about. Right? It's the one where he basically, like, elbowed Daniel Bryan in the face. And it was an accident. Yes, but on a night where they're saying you're now part of the SmackDown roster, you it's don't want to put your, like, you, you don't want that kind of mistake against a guy that's got concussion problems. Thank you. So And he's the WWE champion on top of that. Yes. So... Uh, I like this shakeup. Mm-hmm. If this would have happened when, say, Austin Aries or Neville were in the company and not now, uh, I, I probably would appreciate it more. And that's but... not taking a shot at the fact that Mustafa Ali is being the first one to be called up. It's just the fact that they had these great talents in Austin Aries and in Neville, and they didn't pull the trigger then. Yes. So, I mean, again, that was a big shock this week, having sure Mustafa was. Ali pin – I was fully expecting Ali to take Almas out of the match and AJ to hit a move and AJ pin Brian. Or AJ actually pin Almas and you save Brian. You don't have him get That pinned. too. Either yeah. way, I was not expecting Mustafa Ali to either take the pin or be a part of the pin at all. Right. And he ended up pinning Daniel Bryan. It's shocking. It, it's very shocking. And it so shows how good, they, how big they think of the kid. I, look, I'm not saying his promo work is the best. There are better promos in 205 Live. Yeah. Um, there are better wrestlers in 205 Live. Yeah. But you know what? They they like the character. They like what he brings. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate saying this because it's part of the thing. They like his entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like the little glow-in-the-dark mask he wears. Who, who does he remind you of? He reminds me of somebody in particular. Zub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. He really does. 
Yes. Well, if he's only, got the black and dark blue. Well, so does Shinsuke Nakamura, but it looks like he's wearing pajamas, or in this case, a a blue like, version of Prince. I was gonna oh, that, or according to Rusev, he looks like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. He needs to have the spiked hair, though. And Rusev needs to be... Uh, actually, it wouldn't work that way because Nakamura is a babyface. Or, or, or I should say because he's a heel. If Nakamura was a babyface, Rusev should dress up as Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> <laughs> great. It doesn't work, though. No, it so maybe, so maybe, uh, so maybe Russell, uh, Russell... Maybe Rusev will dress up as like Knuckles. True. With the all red. Maybe dreads. Yeah. You never know. And then doesn't Knuckles have a girlfriend? I don't remember. I, I just say, that could be Lana. I just don't want. I just don't want Tails to be involved. I hated that character. It was annoying. Yes. By the way, did you know that making the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? That sounds like awful. It? Yeah. It sounds about as awful as the Aladdin live action remake. Hey. Don't I'm let me get into my tangent about Will Smith. Okay. Don't make me do it. We're not going to do that this this evening. All I'm going to say is not a fan. All right. Fair enough. Not at all. Plus, the genie is blue, and he's Robin Williams. That's okay. it. First of all, they're going to do CGI. So this is human form. Don't care. Sorry, we're going on a tangent. Don't care. Sorry. Shout out to Will Smith. He's my – you know the reason why I call Be, Andres the Fresh Prince? Because you loved that show and apparently you have a strange love for the Bad Boys movies. Damn right I do. It's two of the greatest movies of all time. <sighs> Don't let me get into my, my tangent about Martin Lawrence either. What the heck is wrong with Martin Lawrence? I Let's just let's – just, We'll leave it at that. Sorry. He he really wants to be Eddie Murphy sometimes. Him and Eddie Murphy are like great friends. Yeah, I know. Actually, it's still not as bad as uh, your boy Tyler Perry. He really wants to be Eddie Murphy. Why the hell do you call him my boy? I don't like Tyler Perry. Care less. Uh, I I saw you watching Medea movies. <laughs> <laughs> so back to where we were. Yes. My 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 three of my three count this week is that Mustafa Ali pinned Daniel Bryan. In a match, on his debut match on SmackDown, let's see. If, uh, I mean, for all I know, they're just going to bury Mustafa Ali and have him never win a match for the calendar year of 2019. Oh, boy. I really hope they don't. I mean, literally, he could be Rhino and TNA. Literally, Rhino and TNA in like three years won five matches. Not kidding. It was it was, it, it was noted. Okay. He literally won five matches. One involved James Storm. I don't know. All I'm, <laughs> so all I'm telling you is... If this means that Mustafa Ali is going to be a player, yeah, great, fantastic. Tell you what, I would love for eventually uh, he to wrestle Nakamura for the United States title. I think it would be, I think it would be awesome. It would be great. Totally different styles, as long as it doesn't look like a complete train wreck. It could be cool. Sure, but I like it. I like where it's going. It doesn't hurt Daniel Bryan. It really props up Mustafa Ali. It props up the AJ Bryan feud. And hey, Almas was there in a high-profile match, which I'm always a fan of. Right, and it's you know what? It's not the whole James Ellsworth, James Ellsworth situation when he was beating AJ Styles. Thank God, because it's Mustafa Ali, and Mustafa Ali can actually wrestle, and he wrestles quite, quite well. Um, my three count. You know, I was gonna say the Daniel Bryan promo before the match was fire, which it was actually was. But there was something on NXT programming that was so huge and massive and gigantic that. I saw two or three weeks ago that I told you about, but we didn't talk about it on this podcast because we were going to wait until it aired on NXT television, which it did. There was a match between Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black. It was a steel cage match with main invented NXT this week. Mm -hmm. And the ending of that match was Johnny Gargano beating Aleister Black. Yes, it was. And the sequence that happened after that was a certain NXT champion 
with a beard of the gods happened to get in that ring along with Johnny Gargano. Well, okay, remember, yeah. Gargano had helped to win the match. From this said NXT champion. And his name is? Big Bad Tommy C. Tommaso Ciampa. All day. And, and, and they hit their, whatever the move is with the double kicks. They did, on Aleister Black. And then Gargano and just pinned him clean. He sure did. And that the collective NXT crowd went bananas. D-I-Y. D-I-Y. Because, of course, they were an awesome tag team before. They sure were. But here's the thing. I think that this is a way of Ciampa messing with Black. You, however, think that this is a very interesting way of Big Bad Tommy C messing with Johnny Wrestling. So I actually don't think we're going to see heel D-I-Y yet. Agreed. I think... We shouldn't. We need to wait. Well, first of all, I don't... Not that I need to see Ciampa with two belts, which won't happen anyway. Right. But they need to play the storyline of Ciampa is still in Gargano's head. And so even though he helped him win the match, it actually helps Ciampa that Black now has two people that want to beat him up. And so he will use Johnny Gargano to help him retain his title. And then this will once again be the slow burn of Johnny Gargano going back baby face. Which I don't want. I don't want okay, Johnny Gargano uh, okay, baby face. Okay, but here's the thing though. Yeah. Alistair Black's going to get called up to the main roster yes, before either of them get called up. Yes, absolutely. So in order for this to work, you either have to drive Gargano to be babyface, mm -hmm. or you have to drive Gargano so far down the heel road that then you do get heel DIY eventually. Yes. Just not right now. I agree. Wholeheartedly. So that's... Now, is he screwing with Aleister Black? Of course he is. He's his opponent at the pay-per-view. Or I should say at the next takeover. Yes. Okay. Which so, will be right, uh, right before... It'll be right before the Royal Rumble. Are at the Royal Rumble. Yes. Sup, baby? Yeah, get pumped up, get motivated. We got tickets. We're not sitting together. You sound like matter. that. You sound like that awful frog ringtone that was popular like ten years ago. Yeah, I'm the frog. You don't I've remember those? Yeah, they were awful. Any of you that bought them, shame on you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go that's ahead. right. Sorry. Okay, so is that our three count? That is our three count. Wow. That's. I think that's actually the fastest we've ever done that. But it was good and detailed, and we made sure to get everything. You know right. what? And that's what we do. You could have just let it be. Right. I'm proud of this damn podcast. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Sorry. again, as a as so a cocky. as a preview to the main event of this show, which will be the top five Stone Cold Steve Austin matches ever. Yep. Which, by the way, there are those that are going to be in here that you should not be surprised about at all. True. Because everybody loves them and they can't not be on my list or I've your list. I've got one that I think you're going to be a little bit surprised about. Look, you probably had some random match with Bikishi and I'll probably give you a lot of crap for it. That's true. He's a bad man. Yeah, Bikishi in his jumpsuit heel. Yeah. I did it for The Rock. He did it for the people. Shut up, you thong wearing fatty. <laughs> that's that. That's that. That's that promo he cut. Yes. That's right. Ah, shut up, you thong wearing fatty. God, dude, Rock's backstage promos are gold. Yes, it's just they're good. <laughs> so good today. God. All right. So okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's just um, 
So we already mentioned the fact that the Mustafa, McMahons are back. Yeah, and we, okay. and we and we talked about the fact that Mustafa Ali is a member okay. of the SmackDown roster. Here's something I have to nitpick. Go ahead. Because it's happening literally all the time now. Okay. Remember how fresh and cool the United States Open Challenge was by John Cena? Hell yeah, dude. It was awesome. It was the best part of Monday Night Raw every week. For sure. And a lot His of those Raws. Great. And, okay. Not only were the matches good, but they were in a sea of insanity known as Monday Night Raw where literally nothing else on the show was good. Correct. There were weeks where I'd be like, the John Cena Open Challenges again this week. Who's going to come up? You had, He had great matches against Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Cesaro. Cesaro. Stardust. Uh, Z- Ziggler. Yes. Very underrated against Stardust. You're For right. For sure. Uh, Zane. Zane. Owens. Uh, Barrett. Barrett. Uh, I don't know. Was well, it Neville too? Did Neville get a shot? I believe he did. Neville did get a shot. It was he did. freaking fire. Uh there were there were Rollins. Rollins, and you already said Ziggler. I did say okay. Ziggler. Yeah. So here's my here's my beef. Mm-hmm. Now we have champions that just have open challenge. Like Ronda does an open challenge. Rollins does an open challenge. Yeah. Uh Ambrose does an open challenge. Like all these guys are like enough. Enough. Like, I get it. Was it cool to see Tyler Breeze back on Raw? Yes. He's was it cool to see to be on Raw for a while? Was it cool to see Tyler Breeze show up against Ricochet on NXT programming the that previous match week? Was stupid good. And yes, it was cool to see him back. But do I need it to be in an open challenge form from a heel? No. No, I don't need this. Okay. So I guess. Now, I realized there was an angle afterwards and Rollins was one of the guys in one of the masks and they did the whole thing and they're continuing it. It's fine. But, I mean, do they just run out of ideas? I think so. Do they just literally say, well, this worked, so we'll just do it with a different guy in a different situation and and he's not as talented or whatever. Right, and what I've stated before over the past few weeks is we're in that slow period of WWE not really giving a damn because it's the holidays um, you know, the playoff picture is t- starting to take shape in the NFL. So they're like, oh, we really can't compete with that right now. No, you just know your role and shut your damn mouth in the words <laughs> of the great one. You freaking, we're paying for that stuff. We're paying $10 a month for your network. We're paying $75 to have cable or maybe $10 for Hulu. We're giving you our money. Please give us something back. Well, and again, it's back to you're paying for what they provide. And if you don't like it, you can cancel. But everybody's going to cancel. And I know. But they won't. People, people aren't going to cancel. I mean, you and I have a, rest, a wrestling podcast, and we're doing it in the midst of some of the crappiest things that have ever happened in world wrestling entertainment as a whole. Because, by the way, uh, they're okay with people getting a free month, getting WrestleMania for free, yeah. having the network for a month, and canceling. They're fine with that. I know. I always mark so, that I'm going to come back later. So, so if they care about those people mm-hmm. and they care about the people that are paying ten bucks a month, cable, everything else, right? They're still going to do what they want to do. You know. So you either stop watching, you go watch NJPW, right? But even then, okay, good luck. Because you can't get it. It's not easy. Yeah, By the way, it's not. It's also not easy to watch Ring of Honor. It really isn't. You have to go out of your way to watch that the stuff. The only one that's quote-unquote semi-easy is TNA. And you can, you have to have like an intense cable package in order to get the channel they're on. What are they on? Pop? Uh, yes, Pop yeah. TV. Yeah, awful. Unbelievable. Uh, so, again, let's just come – again, it's more of, hey, we're going to change things. Hey, we're not going to have automatic rematches. Great. Yeah, that was really Okay. Cool. Follow up on it. 
Right. Okay. If you're saying there's uncircum, you know, if they're saying there's circumstances that call for a rematch or the loser has to fight their way back to get a rematch, fine. Right. Like even and we though saw it's that still- on Tuesday Night SmackDown. Yes. Yes. Like I said, like we stated in, in, in the three count earlier, Asuka defended her championship against Naomi. While Becky and Charlotte were in the ring, while Becky and Charlotte deserved to actually get a shot at Asuka because they were both screwed out of the okay. title from Ronda Rousey. Okay. And it was really refreshing to actually see Naomi be the one that gets the title shot before they do. So first of all, yeah, I have to correct you. Okay. Becky would get a title shot. True. Yes. No, you're absolutely correct. Because she was the champion. Yes. Whereas Charlotte, even though she got screwed. She was nothing. Correct. I mean, I mean, she's not nothing. She's just having time women's champion. But she was nothing. Right. Charlotte. So. Sorry. We have that. Yeah. Let's just, let's, again, all I ask is for a little continuity, a little logic. I'm not asking for 100% logic or 100% continuity because yeah. that's not going to happen because I'm not in charge of the show. What, what I can Plus, that's hard enough as it is. What I will appreciate about Charlotte cutting her promo on Tuesday night really quickly was, you know, she was talking about she was inches away from grabbing the title. Both of them were. I'll appreciate it more than – I'm going to go all the way back to 2015 really quickly and hit you guys with a history lesson. Okay. Um, 2015, the main event of, the, of WrestleMania was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. And, of course, as we all know, if you're a wrestling fanatic, Seth Rollins cashed in his Money in the Bank contract that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a co- promo that Roman Reigns cut like a week after or, or the very next night. I can't remember. And he was talking about like, you know, I went to Suplex City. And I was there. I felt it. And it sucked. I hated it. But I was so close to beating Brock Lesnar that night. And then Roman Re- and then Seth Rollins screwed me over. Hold the hell up, Roman. I love you. I'll be the first one to admit that. You know I got love for you. But you're an idiot if you think that you were close to beating Brock Lesnar. When Seth Rollins' music hit, when he came running down the ring at Levi Stadium in San Francisco that night, or San- Santa Clara, you had just taken an F5. Do not talk to me that you were so close to beating Brock Lesnar. You were knocked the hell out from an F5. And not to mention, you were knocked out from an F5. Do not say that you were winning. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. At least Charlotte, Charlotte had an argument of her and Becky's hands were both touching the title before Ronda came into the ring. That's all I had to say. That was fiery. I it just it, I still think about that promo to this day and it pisses me off because he's like, I had him. No, you didn't. You had just taken the fourth F five of that match. All right, so this is going to be controversial, and I don't care because I like being controversial. It's and, our podcast, We're and I end up turning heel most of the time anyway. Was that a heel turn? Why did we have a gauntlet match on Raw? I don't Why? No. Why? I don't know. Okay, now, you can say it's good. That's fine. I'll yeah. probably disagree with you. There was parts of it that were not that good. There were The ending portion of it was. Natalian, and okay. Natalian but was we, very good. So, I get what they're trying to do. Okay? I do. I really do. But, did we need a gauntlet match? Not sure. Especially when a lot of these wrestlers, like now, a few of the wrestlers on the women's division for that match weren't. Here's here's the other thing. Yeah, is my is my other option? We would have had a battle royale and three other meaningless promos or a gauntlet match. I would have told you the gauntlet match, but we could have very easily said, okay, we're going to have a fatal four way between Sasha, Bailey, Natalia, and Ember. You could either throw in Ember. You could throw in Ruby Riot. Riot. 
Yeah. I'd throw in Riot myself. I, I know. I so, figured you would. So even it. though there's three baby faces and yet. one heel. Yeah. And you could do that that way. Or you way. could take out Bailey and you could add an additional heel into that. Uh, maybe Mickey James. That'll work. You know? You could do that too. Two heels, two baby faces, and you can either make it a fatal four-way elimination or just a flat-out fatal four-way. Sure. Yeah. And if she was cleared, I would have Alexa in that match too, but I don't think she's fully cleared yet. Yeah. I okay. Think, I think she's, so, she's just training. So, so my answer is they did it because they could do it and they wanted to. That's fine. Awesome. That's pretty much WWE in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, we have a full list of NXT call-ups that were announced on the show. Yes. I'm also told there are more names coming. Plus, of course, we have Mustafa Ali, which is now a formally a part of the NXT roster. So I want to quickly go. I'm just going to say the names, and then we'll discuss where they should go. Okay, cool. Okay. I like that. All right. So, of course, Ali on SmackDown makes total sense. I'm, I'm fully on board with that. Right. And then so there's six plus Lars Sullivan, correct? No. Or six including. Six? Okay, Because cool. remember, there's a tag team. There is. You're forgetting something. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Okay. I feel, I, I Here are the names. Lars Sullivan, yeah. which has been already toted up for weeks. Right. I don't know why he's in this list. But Lars Sullivan, to me, he's SmackDown. They need a monster. Agreed. Okay. Uh, heavy Machinery, put him on Raw. Yeah. There's too many names on SmackDown, and Raw needs all the help they can get. Absolutely. Okay. Lacey Evans, Raw. Agreed. Again, too much talent on SmackDown. You want to prop her up and get her in with some workers. On Raw, I'm not saying she's got to be pushed to the top immediately, but you could put her in some feuds right away that would make sense. Her against Sasha would be awesome. It would be. Her okay. against Bailey wouldn't be too bad either. Um, even though she has technically already showed up on SmackDown, I would also put Nikki Cross on Raw. I disagree. I think you need to put her on SmackDown and you need to put her right back with Sandy. Yeah, I don't but like that idea. Why? Because you don't think she'll flourish? I think she. I think they need to treat Nikki Cross the exact same way they treated Carmella. I'll they just, need to get her away from that group. I don't know about that because I think that they made such a great group together and there would just be a great way to have a women representation in that group and then just have them run roughshod over the entire show, um, personally. So, my problem is also that she came out on SmackDown. Yes. And... It was a squash match. It wasn't a squash match. She was she no. Becky beat her in a squash. Becky Baker. Becky made her look good. They had a good 10, 15 minute match. I disagree. Really? To me, that was a squash. Okay, fair enough. Now, I mean that, that that's your opinion. Now, it's fine. If your if your if your concept is Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch are going to feud on SmackDown, great. But that's not going to happen because that's not their plan. Right. Or maybe it was their plan and now they're changing it. So to me, again. Because of the talent on SmackDown, I'd put her on Raw. Okay. That's me. Can I just make a quick statement really quick because we're talking about Becky Lynch? And by the way, I totally get why you want her on SmackDown and it fits and, it, and it's totally validated. Yeah. I just like it the other way around. That's fair. So That's go fair. ahead, Becky. That broken nose is the best thing that could have ever happened to Becky, to Becky Lynch in a weird, awkward way. Did, um, it screw her out of the, did it screw her out of the Ronda match? Yep. I still think we would have gotten another Ronda-Becky match. Yes, we would have because that match was going to be great as good as charlotte versus ronda was and it was really really good you and i have discussed that at length like had that match actually had a clean ending that would be up there with becky versus charlotte and a tlc match for best women's match of the year that's not the point the broken nose is the best thing that could have ever happened to becky lynch because she is more over now than she was prior to survivor series and do you know how over she was prior to survivor series it's true it's unbelievable that's all i have to say 
Uh, and then we also have, oh, EC3. Okay. Another controversial thing. I'd put him on Raw. You're putting everybody on Raw, but Raw needs all the help it can get right now. Well, I'd put Lars Sullivan on SmackDown because yeah. they need a monster. I'd, and Ali's already on SmackDown, okay. right? Uh, the EC3 character fits on Raw. I agree. His cockiness and everything. It, it, it yeah. just fits on Raw. And, Entertainment. And by the way, yeah. um, I mean, very, that character is very easily a heel. Yes. But they also need help in the babyface department. And he's shown that that character can still be a babyface character. Yes, he can. Um, so, again, uh, I'm actually, I know he and Bobby Lashley can put together good matches because they've done it before. Yeah. That, that'd be a very interesting feud, again, that you see within the WWE realm that I would not mind seeing. And there's a particular person that's coming back onto Raw very, very soon. That Bleacher Report, for example, was actually given a, a, a projection of they would like to see them feud. The Bearded Wonder himself, uh, King Ross's uh, spirit animal, as he likes to call him, KO, baby. There you go. You put AC3 in KO, and that's that's just gold. It's, it's, it just, it, again, to me, Raw needs more help. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that, look, again, to me, the guys I'm putting on SmackDown, the people I'm putting on Raw, just fit. You're right. By the way, there were also three extra names you were telling me about. Well, so I, I, I didn't catch the two. And so there's a YouTube channel out there. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and mention their name. Um, but they were reporting that there are three new call-ups that are coming up. I didn't watch the video. However, if you watch the shadowy, the shit shadowy, the shadow that they go ahead and put when they actually put somebody, plaster somebody's picture on there. It looks like it's Alistair Black. Like it, it just looks like it's Al- Alistair Black. Uh, you and I have discussed this at length as well earlier in the last couple of weeks that we personally think Alistair Black is going to be coming up to the main roster very, very soon. I have a feeling that he will lose his match to Chomp- Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and that will be his final match in NXT, and he will be brought up to the main roster. He might even show up at the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I wish I would have been able to watch the video. I will watch it and then be able to report on it next week when we do our year-end review because um, I think that will be really, really interesting. But, um, yeah, you bring up Alistair Black onto these main shows. I think he also – and you said it actually a few weeks back that you think Alistair Black on Raw would make the absolute most sense. Yes. Yeah. It would. It would. All right, here's 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 what I quickly want to say about SmackDown. Go ahead. Uh, Shane cut a promo backstage. Becky cut a promo. Yeah. Charlotte cut a promo. Asuka cut a promo. Vince cut a promo. Naomi was part of that promo. We had a match. We then had a Miz promo, a Rusev promo, a Hardy promo, a Joe promo, a match. That's nine promos, two matches. Yes. The Usos had a promo. The Good Brothers had a promo. They had a match that was interrupted by not one but two teams. We had a Nakamura promo. And then we had the and then we had the main event of the show. Oh, I'm sorry. And then Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan cut a promo. Yeah. And not to mention our truth and Carmella kind of cut off that promo before the match right. started when they were talking about that they were going to visit state WWE. All right. So, so we had a women's title match. Yeah. We had a mixed tag, and we had a tag team match with four individual superstars. Yep. Brian Almas, AJ Ali. Okay. 
That is 14 promos and three matches on a two-hour show. Unreal. Needless to say, not my show of the week. Now, was the title match fine? Yes. Was the mixed tag fine? Yes. Was the was the tag team match that was the main event of the night fine? Of course. So, that's that's where we're at. That's uh, again SmackDown. Fourteen promos, three matches. You say there's going to be change, and what I got was a talk show. Okay, do better. I agree. However, I'm going to stick with SmackDown being my show of the week over the Raw, overall, because of the and again it keeps always going back to pacing. I guess what I my preferences is being shown is the fact that I prefer a two hour show over a three hour show. But in all sincerity, yes, I understand that there was that many promos, two matches. Okay, I get that, but the matches that were on SmackDown actually, to me, for the most part, had meaning. For example, the tag team main event had a lot of meaning. You obviously entered. Excuse me. You introduced a brand new superstar. You had the WWE champion. You had his number one contender, which, by the way, AJ Styles is still the number one contender. I don't care what anybody else thinks. We're going to get another AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan match at the Royal Rumble, and we're all going to be very happy about that. And then you throw in the fact that Andrade Sinamas is on the main roster, and you've got gloriousness all around. You've got the women's division doing great stuff on SmackDown, and you actually had a women's championship match. That was okay. It wasn't bad. Could have been better, yes, but it was. I think it was strong for what it was. Um, and what was the other? Obviously, you had the mixed match, the, the the mixed tag team match, which was fun for what it was. You obviously you're featuring one of your most prominent superstars in the Miz, and you're featuring r Truth and Carmella, who are really over right now, and they just won the mixed match challenge. And you're featuring somebody that WWE is very high on, and Mandy Rose. And what was the other match that happened? Oh, obviously the, the Usos versus the club. Could that have had a ending? You're right. There were four matches. Yeah. I apologize. It's okay. No, but that's the <laughs> other thing. But here's the thing about the Usos and the club. First of all, the club hadn't been featured since August. I love the fact that they referenced that in their promo, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was great that they actually talked about it because, yes, SmackDown has this influx of tag team talent and whatnot. My problem is the fact that they don't know how to feature it all. They only know how to feature the Usos. They only know how to feature the New Day. And they only know how to feature the Bar. It was great to see the club get some airtime. And it was awesome to see Sanity make their return. I shouldn't really say make their return because they have they were at Survivor Series. But actually be a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome to see that. Um, would I have preferred an ending between the Usos and the club? Yes. However, everything had some sort of meaning. You know, the tag team match between the Usos and the club, it's the tag teams trying to one-up one another, trying to make sure that they want to be the ones to challenge the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you've got Naomi who's been wanting a shot at the women's title for forever and a day. And then you've got Becky and Charlotte who are pissed and want Becky wants the title back. Um, And then obviously you've got this feud going on between AJ and Daniel Bryan and you incorporate these two really good hands in the ring, Ali and and, and Almas. Mm-hmm. And you just can't go wrong with any of it compared to a lot and a lot of filler on Monday Night Raw. Like you talked about the gauntlet match. Did we need to have a gauntlet match? 
I'm not sure, man, but like, you know how much time the gauntlet match took up to end the show? Pretty sure it took up basically the final hour. So you take away the gauntlet match for a second, Ross, what do you have? Well, that's more of an indictment on either the booking and or the roster and or of everything else wrong with it's, I think it's an indictment on, on the booking because you might say, oh, you don't have Roman, you don't have Braun, you don't have KO, and you don't have Sammy. But look at everybody else who you have. You've got Dolph Ziggler. You've got Drew McIntyre. You've got Balor. You've got Elias. You've got Lashley. I could keep going and going and going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And they still choose – to just give us – you've got Rollins and Ambrose. You've got Breeze. You've got all these guys and gals, and they just choose to give you filler. Am I okay with the women getting a full hour to main event Raw? Yeah, sure. I mean, for the most part, the gauntlet match was pretty good. Obviously, we talked about the fact that Natalia and Sasha was a very good portion of that gauntlet. And then the sequences of Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Obviously, those two have really good chemistry between them one another. Their tables match was actually very enjoyable. You talked about it on the podcast last week. And sure. an Ember Moon can go. Um, so I get that. But, I mean, you've got other sequences of, like, Alicia Fox just is not cutting it right now. Uh, Bailey is in a really, really weird spot. And I'm not talking about her character anymore. I'm just talking about... Her wrestling ability to you, to me right now, Russ, I don't know about you, brother. It's She's just not on her A game. She's sloppy. I thought Sasha was being sloppy over the last few weeks, mm-hmm. and she's not. She's been killing it as of late, actually. Her and Asuka had a really good showing at the at Survivor Series, and obviously Sasha was really great against Natalia at the end of Monday night. But you look at Bailey, and, ever, and I have to go all the way back to the Alexa Bliss match at Extreme Rules last year. It's pretty terrible. She's been... I'm going to curse on this podcast. No, I'm not. Don't do it. I'm not going to do it because my mom listens to the first hour of this podcast. (laughs) No, but she's been crap, dude. She really has. She has not been the Bailey of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. She's not been that. And I'm not asking her to, but I'm also asking her to actually be on point with her wrestling ability. And when I see Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha be on a different plateau than she is, and she's not even cutting it with them, it's a problem to me. So I'm going to go with SmackDown just because – well, we haven't even gotten to that part of the show, but we haven't. I'm sorry. No, no, you're. It, it's fine when we get to that part. I will know your answer. Cool. Well, because uh, I heard you say you, that SmackDown wasn't your show, right? Week. It was. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. My apologies. I'm sorry, audience. I didn't mean to do that. I totally ruined the segment. Jorge's uh, show of the week is SmackDown. Clearly. Which uh, you know it is what it is. Um, 205 Live. Here's here's what I will say about it. Um, Hideo Tommy and Davari are apparently a team again. I don't know. I'm sorry, again, they are a team. I don't know if this is the Buddy Murphy, Tony Nese kind of thing, but it kind of appears that way. Tommy playing the role of Murphy and Davari playing the role of Tony Nese. I'm not unopposed to it. Let's just keep this going. Uh, We saw Atami versus Dar this week. Good match. Again, 205 Live, if nothing else, you get one pretty decent match every week. And this week, we got two because there was also a street fight this week. Yeah. Between uh, the team of Gulak and Gallagher against Tazawa and the Brian Kendrick, who shaved off his beard. No. He's back to, uh, well, I mean, he's always been the man with the plan. I love that theme. I don't know why, but I love it. Um, He's the man with the plan. Uh, By the way, the the team of Tazawa and Kendrick won that match. I want to do, I want to say one thing. And I was, you and I were actually having this conversation prior to the show airing. Um, 
all of us know, if you're a wrestling fan in particular of WWE, that ever since the Cruiserweights got called up to the main roster after the Cruiserweight Classic, that they messed it on up from the very beginning. And I think that's an understatement, right, Ross? Yes. Um, however, you have talked about this to no end since the beginning of our, very fo- of our podcast that over the last seven or eight months since Triple H took over the booking of 205 Live, if you will, 205 Live has been exponentially better than it ever has been. And I try to keep tabs on it, because, but it airs on the network as opposed to airing on, network, on regular network television, so it's kind of hard for me to watch it because I didn't have the network for a while. I just got it, and I got rid of it. I'm going to get it back later on. But I, I keep on pl- playing with the network, and I'm not always able to catch um, 205 Live. Oh, so, you should. I know I should. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's gotten so much better. It has. And you, I talked to you about this off the air. The Mustafa Ali-Buddy Murphy match at Survivor Series opened my eyes. to, And, and so did the Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy match at Super Showdown. It opened my eyes to the point of Neville and Aries last year where it's like, damn, if you're not watching – you're missing out. Yeah. You really are. Just are. take away the storylines for a second. The wrestling, the quality of wrestling on that program is unreal. It's almost on par. This is going to be bold. Almost on par to NXT. Oh, there are weeks where I, it actually surpasses it. I agree. I agree. It's great. So good for them mm-hmm. for finally having it figured out. Uh, NXT, we had the debuting Shafir and Duke. Or so to say, was it Duke or Dukes? Uh, just mean Dukes. Okay. Yeah. We had the debut in the ring of uh, Shafir and Dukes, the uh, the friends of Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Part of the four MMA horsewomen. Yes. Uh, they had a match against Io Shirai and Dakota Kai this week. It was entertaining. You can tell that uh, the UFC gals. They're a little green. They're a little green. But, they got talent. But there's a reason why uh, Ronda's on the main roster and Shayna is the NXT Women's Champion, and they are not. Right. But then you can also tell the reason why WWE decided to sign all four of them because they do see oh, something. That, and there's definitely something there. They they played their role. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is a big push for Dakota Kai, but if it is, awesome. Um, Io Shirai proved herself in the Mae Young Classic, and and uh, she's proven to be another asset on that show. Um we had the debut of somebody that I know a lot of people are very excited for. Elaborate, because I caught his name. It's a little bit hard to pronounce. Dominic but... Dijakovic. Yes. Also known as Donovan Dijak. That was the name he was going by for a while. But yes, uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Um, he spent time on the Indies. He spent time in Ring of Honor. Um, if you've seen him before tonight, or if you saw him tonight, you obviously know the guy has the look and he's got a bit of an MMA background and he's, I mean, I don't want to say he's okay. This may even be an insult. He looks like a muscled up version. He looks like a taller, more muscled up version of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Nice. Now that may be an insult, but that's. I don't see how that's, that that's kind of the way I see it. I mean, basically, the guy's got star written on him. Yeah. Um, and so he'll probably be in NXT. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him and Aleister Black go at it. 
just two tall, big guys that have really powerful kicks. Um, Dijakovic is a guy that I don't know if he's going to be in NXT for a long time, but uh, it's a guy to certainly look out for in 2019, yeah. especially on the NXT brand. We'll definitely be talking about that next week. And then, of course, we had the steel cage match that we talked about. Uh, also, a bit of news that was not. We now have the four women that are going to be in the number one contenders match to face Shayna Baszler, presumably at the pay-per-view or at the takeover in Phoenix, presumably. Presumably, yeah. Those four individuals are Bianca Belair, who is you're, still you're, undefeated. That's and got your a, girl. And got a buy not. into this turn. Well, again, she's undefeated. I'm fine with Regal saying you're in because you haven't lost. Right. No, it's no. Fine. I just, you know, the EST. Uh, Lacey Evans won a house show match. Mia Yim beat somebody I had never seen before. And then we had uh, Io Shirai in her performance uh, in the tag team match against Shafir and Dukes. And so those are your four women, Belair, Yim, Evans, and Shirai. That should be really, really interesting. I think I know who's going to win that match, but it should be interesting nonetheless. Again, uh, they could go a lot of different directions with it. Um, obviously, if Belair loses and she doesn't take the pin, she's still technically undefeated. Correct. So they could have her lose and just not take the pin. Uh, I have a feeling Evans is probably going to take the pin because she's leaving. True. Um, that would make sense to me, doing a job on the way out. But those are your four. Uh, the winner of that match, probably, uh, I forget if it's next week on NXT or the week after. Probably the week after, because I don't think they're going to go ahead and do anything. Quick. By the way, I know they're doing a best of 205 live next week. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to have a best of NXT show next week. I don't know. I will tell you this. You and I talked about the fact Ronda Rousey versus Natalia is happening next week on Monday Night Raw on Christmas Eve. Oh, Paul Heyman's cutting a promo next week as well. Yay! And also, we have a U.S. title match on SmackDown next week. Rusev versus Nakamura. That should be very, very, very cool. Um, looking forward to seeing that match. Um, I, I'm proud of WWE because you would have thought that with Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown landing on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day respectively that they were just going to go ahead and pack up their things and go home. The fact that they're actually giving us a couple of title matches within the two shows actually – I'm quite surprised about. Now, yes. am I? Am, will I be surprised to see that the rest of the show is entirely crappy because it's the two Christmas Day editions? No, I won't be. But that sort of stuff does actually quite surprise me. You would have thought that they would have left that for the New Year's uh, editions of both of the shows. So it'll Could be. be really interesting. All right, quickly, uh, match of the week, show of the week, and then we have our top five and to close of the week. out. We always like to do segment of the week too. Unless you don't want to do that this week. No, course. you're right. We do. I just thought we were starting to combine those. Doesn't um, matter. Uh, I will start. Uh, match of the week to me is uh, Brian and Almas versus AJ and Ali. Now, I realize what you're going to say. Oh, there was a steel cage match on NXT. Yes, it was good. But to me, that was a match to set up an angle. Okay. You asked. You asked and, me and what the best match. And it of wasn't the week better was. than their than their takeover war games. No. So to me, with what they did at the conclusion of that match and the four guys involved, that's your match of the week. Okay. It just is. Um, my match of the week was our uh, truth and Carmella versus Miz and Mandy Rose. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Studly. Almost. Almost as great as if you would have picked. 
uh, the Usos versus the Good Brothers, which was that which actually was, was a pretty good match. What was which going ended on. in a DQ? Yes, no, no. In all seriousness, honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to pick up. Angle match. versus Corbin, love it, love it, awesome, great job. Just kidding. I know, right? No, in all sincerity, actually, if you look around the landscape of WWE this week, I said that it was a slow period. However, you got to admit there was actually a few matches this week that were actually very solid. The steel cage match between Gargano and Black was good. Um, the ending portion of the gauntlet match between Natalia and Sasha was actually quite good. Um, but you'd have to be stupid to not realize <laughs> that the match of the week was Alan Jones. And I, can't, I don't know what his real name is. So I guess I have to go with Mustafa Ali. So AJ Styles and, uh, and Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Andrade Cien Almas. Like you, 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 like you watch that match and you realize – Adil Alam. Ah, thank you. Since you were wondering. I, I was. Thank you very much. And okay. I don't know almost his real name, so I'm not even going to go there. But you're going to look it up for me. My man. But in all seriousness, you've got the best wrestler on the planet. Manuel Alfonso Andrade Oropesa. Very impressed with the R rolling there, my friend. Pesa. Oropesa. Oropesa. Mm -hmm. But you've got the best wrestler on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then you've got oh, and of course Brian Danielson, and of course Brian Danielson. <laughs> no, you really do. No, because Alan Jones, AJ Styles is the best wrestler on the planet Earth. Yes, like, there, there's no denying it. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, Kenny Omega, it's AJ Styles, and you've got Daniel Bryan, and then you've got one of the best call ups from NXT ever in Almas, and then you've got the heart and soul of 205 Live. Like, how do you not expect a good match out of these humans? By the way, I have to tell you, please. There are people that vehemently disagree with the statement you just said. I'm, I'm saying it because WWE I know, says that. I know individuals that have named animals after Kenny Omega. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about the – okay. That's all I'm going to say. Hold on. You know what? Hey, hey, hey. I'm yeah. with you. No, no. I know you AJ are. Styles is the best wrestler on the AJ planet. Styles. Followed very closely by Heath Slater. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's back to active wrestling. He oh. was a referee for two weeks and he's back to active wrestling. Telling you, telling you, if they made a shirt that says Slate is going Slate, I'd buy it. That, that would be a bestseller. Immediately. That would be a bestseller. Slate is going sure. Slate. Yo, Slate is going Slate. That's right. Don't hinder the gender. Love it. By the way, bro, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just mention. I did quickly. say last week that it was, uh, <laughs> that it was, that it was. Carmella and the Chinder Mahal that we're getting the 30 spots. You know what may actually be funny is that they may end up actually doing that. That would be fantastic. But Chinder Mahal is a number 30 entry. Because, because, because Truth will like forget and go to the women's <laughs> rumble. And then Mahal will beat him up afterwards. And Truth will be like, but I already wrestled in the rumble. Why are you beating me up? And then Mahal comes out at 30 and gets booed because nobody will care. Hold on for one second. He won't get booed. He will get the biggest pop of all time because Lord knows you're going to mark out. Jinder Mahal is going to break the eliminations record. <laughs> He's going to eliminate 12. Yes. Including. No, I'm sorry, 13. Right? Including the last elimination of your boy, Triple H. Why does Triple H have to be involved in the Rumble for you? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. He was in the Rumble and won the title. Okay? <laughs> all I ask is that Jinder Mahal gets his win back from India. Yes. That's all I ask. That's it needs to be in the Rumble. I have zero issue with everything. Okay, you know what? Fine. Make it be in the Chamber. Then. I said I, I have zero issue. Chamber. I'm fully in agreement with you. No, I wanted, be, I wanted to be in Phoenix because I want us to mark out. You just you just want to see Triple H win and have egg on my face. <laughs> That's all you want to see. That's all. 
All right, quickly, segment of the week, Daniel Bryan's promo. That's all I have to say because his promos are fire every week. So that's my segment of the week. Oh, wait, did I even do match of the week yet? You have not. No, I did. No, you did. Okay. Yeah. And, and you did match of the week. I did, yes. Okay, segment of the week, Daniel Bryan's promo. Go. Uh, you know what? That Daniel Bryan promo was good. However, I thought that the opening segment of SmackDown was actually quite good. With Shane? No, 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 no. Because that was the, the opening segment. Okay, I'm sorry. Your, your, my apologies. The Becky Lynch promo. The only thing is it was overdrawn. It was it was a little bit longer than what I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And Vince's promo skills aren't quite what they were back in the day. They're really not. So because of that, I'm going to stick to the Daniel Bryan one. However, the Becky Lynch-Charlotte promo was strong, but I'm going with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is the best heel in wrestling right now. He's the best heel in wrestling, period. Marnon. All right, show of the week. I'm going to uh, surprise you. Go ahead. 205 Live. Okay. This is the show of the week. Okay. Okay. It's an hour. Yeah. Okay. I got a simple promo okay. from Itami and Davari. I got a pretty decent Itami Dar match. Okay. I had Murphy cutting a promo okay. about the fact that he's still the best. Okay. I had Leo Rush in a squash match because that's the gimmick. Okay. And then I had a street fight that was very entertaining with four guys that I'll uh, actually, I'm not a Tazawa fan. Maybe I'll get heat for that, but I'm not a Tozawa fan. I'm not a Tozawa fan either. Well, um, you and I discussed that last week. Yeah. And to me, they've really wasted Gallagher. Yeah. To me, no, no, you're right. But uh, I love Drew Gulak. He needs to be the two. He needs to be the cruiserweight champion in 2019 at some point. I agree. It needs to happen. And I of think course, Buddy Murphy needs to go ahead and get called up officially to the main roster. Too. And uh, yes, clearly he needs to go to uh, Raw, get squashed by the B team. Obviously, just kidding. Uh, he needs to start a stable with his, I believe, what is still his fiance. I, look, to me, uh, Raw was typical Raw. Yeah. SmackDown was 14 segments of talking I could have done without. Okay. And NXT had a cage match. Okay. Okay. Like, to to me, start to finish, 205 Live. Show of the week. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, well, I said earlier, I'm going with SmackDown just because, again, compared to Raw, and it's... It sucks because I feel like sometimes when I'm talking about the shows of the week, I always compare – I just do Raw and SmackDown and I don't give love to NXT and 205 Live. Although I've said on this podcast on a couple of different occasions that NXT has been the show of the week for me. However, I'm going to stick to SmackDown again because even though there was a lot of talking segments and whatnot, first of all, we're looking for – I'm looking forward to seeing if Shane McMahon agrees to be the Mrs. Partner next week. I think that's going to be great. I don't know if that's such a big thing to go ahead and look forward to, but I don't care. It's my podcast and I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um, again, the Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar thing is interesting thing to – why can I not speak, Ross? Interesting to me. Um, and I, thought, I think it has a lot of layers and we're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of great things come from that. Not to mention it was great to see Naomi get a shot at the title against Asuka. Uh, again, the Good Brothers being back on TV and getting a match versus the Usos, which is quite good, even though it ended in an ODQ, um, was great. Sanity making their presence felt is great. Sheamus and Cesaro always showing up on SmackDown is just fantastic. Um, Miz and our uh, truth and Carmella are just awesome. They're hilarious together. And then you've got the tag team match, which to me, again, was match of the week as it was to you. And you've got the Daniel, uh, you've got the new Daniel Bryan just cutting promos that are fire left and right. So the consistency of SmackDown over the past few weeks, including this week, even though I had a lot of talking talking segments for you, mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's been so much greater than anything else that's been presented on WWE television for me in particular, including NXT. 
that I just can't knock it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, before we go into our top five, I wanted to do my minute of impact. Please this week go ahead. Quickly. I love your minutes of impact. There were awards given out this week ah. for their competitors of the year. So for those of you that watch Impact Wrestling, and I know there are several of you that do not watch it, but for 2018, they brought out their awards. Brian Cage was the X Division Star of the Year. Again, X Division is not about weight limits. It's about no limits. That's been their whole thing. Uh, Brian Cage has been a big part of the X Division this year. Samoa Joe was part of the X Division when he was in the TNA, and he was a 265-pounder. He was. Yeah, he uh, was. Killer Cross, which has been a big overarching storyline in TNA, was the one to watch for 2019. Very much on board with that as well. Knockout of the year, Tessa Blanchard from the Blanchard family. Very cool. Now, uh, there had to have been a reason why she didn't pan out in WWE. Because with a name like that, you don't not go to WWE. But that being said, I'm not putting her on the same mantle as somebody like Sean Stasiak. But there had to be a reason. Well, I mean... Drew McIntyre just didn't work out the first time he came to WWE. I'm just, I'm just saying name wise. No, no, I agree. It, it's like Roman Reigns thing. and the Usos failing in WWE. It'd be something. Uh, moment of the year went to during the Eddie Edwards Sammy Callahan match. The uh, baseball shot to the head Ooh. from Sammy Callahan to Eddie Edwards. That just sounds brutal. Uh, finishing move of the year was the Pentagon Driver. If you've never seen Pentagon wrestle, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because you would have at least seen Pentagon wrestle somewhere, whether it's Lucha Underground or anywhere All in, in Mexico or All In or anywhere. You should watch Pentagon immediately because he's great. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. If, um, tag it- team of the year went to LAX, which is again. Very warranted. This being Santana and Ortiz, not, not Homicide and Hernandez. Yeah, Those although, are the OGs. Dude, Homicide and Hernandez back in the day, like in 06, 07, with Conan. Mm-hmm. Freaking gangster, dude. And to wrap up the awards of the year, Wrestler of the Year went to Sammy Callahan. Congratulations. Which, again, warranted for 2018. Uh, there are some really cool characters on Impact Wrestling that if you have not watched in a while... You should go check out. Um, I'm a big fan of certain people on this show, and I try to watch as much as I can. I love the alley heel turn they're doing right now, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it's. You should really check out Impact. Now I know it happens on Thursdays, and by the way, when SmackDown goes to Fridays, I don't know what we're going to do. I realize that's a while off for this show, but we may have to change the day if SmackDown's going to show up on Fridays. Which, by the way, I I'm not a fan of that time slot. But it's the way it is. You know, it's, so many people are out and about doing stuff on the weekends and whatnot. Like, granted, I know that they can go ahead and DVR it or they can go ahead and watch it on Hulu and things of that nature. However, you know, you're asking people to go ahead and watch something over the weekend when a lot of sports things happen over the weekend. Like, what's going to happen when college football and the NFL are back next year um, and you're, you know, Saturday and Sunday is being occupied by everything that's going on in that landscape? True. Uh, you know, it's just going to get lost in the shuffle. So Fox needs to be really, really careful to regarding what they do uh, with SmackDown there. Um, and by the way, if you're okay with it, I would love to hear your uh, picks for moments and everything like that and winners, what you think should have been the winners of the year for TNA next week. If you want to go ahead and do your own small little minute of impact, I'll be looking forward Fair to enough. that. So, Fair enough. Um, um, all right, so we have top five. Yes, we do. Uh, I feel like we rush this every time, but for, for time constraints, it's pretty much what we're going to be doing here. 
So top five Stone Cold Steve Austin matches of all time. He just turned, or he, yeah, he just turned 54. Um, again, you're going to hear a lot of the same matches on probably both of our lists. There have yeah. probably been several lists made. These are simply what we think are the best five matches there are. I will go first. Please. Can we'll I do go. just a... Ding, 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 ding. Sorry. Oh, no. Insert heel music. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> it's slower. It is. Of course, there was also the bionic redneck theme of... Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway. Fantastic. That was terrible. I'm sorry. It's okay. But... Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's what's so great. Uh, so I will start. We'll go, of course, five, five, four, four, so on until we both get to one. Absolutely. My number five match is, well, it was a great year. 2001 was for Stone Cold Steve Austin because there are multiple matches on this place. And he was good in 01. Number five, during the two-man power trip era, a ah. tag team match. <laughs> Say Him it. and Triple H versus Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. Yes! Such an underrated match! Oh, oh I didn't even so, have that in my top five. So, so wow. Okay, I know. well, there you go. Ah. So, now, I, I, I understand that there's going to be some matches that I do not... For instance, I'll tell you right now, there is one Rock Austin match on my list. One. Wow. True story. I'm sorry, dude. I had my mind blown because that tag team match. For those of you who don't know, this match is first of all freaking awesome because of the four men that are involved in this match. Second of all, it was on Monday Night Raw, and this crowd. I can't. I don't know where it was. Was it St. Louis? Maybe that mat. That crowd. Is, I know it's your typical, you know, Attitude Era. Although it was technically the end of the Attitude Era, but it doesn't matter. The crowd was crazy hot, and on. Fortunately, in this match, this is the match where Triple H tore his quadriceps for the first time. However, Triple H kept going, and he took a walls of, wall of Jericho, walls of Jericho on the announce table like a boss. And Austin, actually, Triple H took the pin in this match. San Jose, California, May twenty first of two thousand and one. TLC just took place in San Jose, and we were talking about they have a good crowd every time. By the way, also side note for another reason why I love that match. Yeah, Jr. and Paul Heyman on commentary. Ah, oh, dude, they were such a great team. Because that was six months before the Survivor Series match in which ECW and WCW went. Chris Blatt. That is correct. Man, great match. Sorry, I got super pumped up. So about that is that. my number five during the two-man power trip age awesome of Austin pick, Triple H versus Jericho. and Awesome Bob. pick. Golly, go. I kind of want to change up my pick now. Okay, you know what? No, I'm going to go for it. Rock Austin WrestleMania 19. Solid match. And the reason why that match is really special to me, and it's special to all of us who are Stone Cold Steve Austin fans, mm -hmm. that's Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match. Yes, it is. It is incredibly special. He put over The Rock clean in Seattle. That was the first WrestleMania The Rock beat him. That is correct. The only one, obviously, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just an incredible match. And there was so much storyline. And, you know, and this match is also amazing because if you guys haven't seen the behind the scenes of what happened at WrestleMania 19, um, it's actually – there's a there's a video document. There's a documentary that comes on the WrestleMania 20 DVD, mm -hmm. which I own. And uh, Stone Cold actually had a heart attack the Saturday night prior to the WrestleMania match. And he didn't get back to his hotel room with JR until like 4 o'clock in the morning that day. And he was freaking out. And him 
it, he didn't tell anybody. The only person that knew about it was him and, and JR. And the fact that he still put on an incredible show and him and Rock just slayed it. Like, I understand that Brock and Kurt had the just a little bit better of a match, but this was a semi-main. This was the second to last match that went on, and they just left it all out there. Rock had to hit three rock bottoms to beat Stone Cold that night, and it was just – it's an incredibly emotional match because yeah. you know it. You were like, man, I think that was Austin's last match, and then it came out to be that it was Austin's last match, but it's just so good. It's really just a great overall match. All right, number four. It happened in the exact same building five months later. Stone Cold versus Kurt Angle at SummerSlam 2001. Yeah! Great match. Great match. Great match. However, that match ended by via DQ. It did. Yeah. But the whole, because I believe, is it right afterwards, Kurt beat him in Pittsburgh? Yes, at okay. Unforgiven. So, as great as that match is, the SummerSlam match was better. Uh, I think that I think that you can make that case, yes. But the Unforgiven match is high, it, it. It made my it. It barely missed my cut. That's fair. So if I'm picking now again, you'll also notice that most of these matches have different people in it. Because for instance, I could put all three Rock Austins in this list, and I didn't. Yeah. Because I wanted to be a little different. That's fine. So the Angle Austin match from some again, it's funny that I picked a Raw in San Jose in May. I'm sorry, so it was only three months later. So a Raw in May, which was a tag team match, and then at a, a pay-per-view three months later in the exact same building. For sure. So Angle Austin from SummerSlam 2001 is my number four of best Stone Cold Steve Austin matches of all time. Fair enough. I've got a good one for you. Okay. Stone Cold versus Triple H, three stages of hell. And what event was that at? That was No Way Out 2001. Ah, uh, that is a good one. That is a freaking good one. But here's the problem. Stone Cold lost the match one month before getting his match against The Rock for the WWF title at WrestleMania in Houston. Now, that being said, before I interject, yeah. Triple H came out, cut a promo, saying, why is Austin in the match and not me? That set up Triple H versus The Undertaker. Yes. Which ended up being a pretty Very, good WrestleMania match sure that year. Did. Yeah, sure did. And that's saying a lot because Triple H and uh, Undertaker have had classics at WrestleMania, obviously. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Including um, uh, one of the uh, things where they had a separate theme at that WrestleMania just for that match. Absolutely. The Memory Remains by Metallica. For sure. That was just, it was, anyways, this is a Stone Cold. Three stages of hell. Three stages of hell. That okay. match is freaking fire. So that's your number four. It is my number four, bro. Well, it was my number three. Ah! It was my number three. So glad that you and I are on the same page, man. Triple H and Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Three stages of hell. No way out, as I said before. It set up Rock Austin. It set up Taker Triple H. It set up a time when, oh my goodness, we had at least four guys, if not like 10 guys, that were all considered main eventers. Why can't we go back to these days? I don't know. Oh, and by the way, like guys like Rock and Undertaker, they didn't really hold the belt that many times. They really, well, I, guess, I mean, Rock did, but they were short reigns. Okay, but even then, yeah. I'm saying that like Rock and Undertaker were not 14-time champions. I agree. And guess what? They're still considered main eventers sure all are. the time because yeah. of who they were, because their characters were Wow, that's a main eventer. Yeah. You didn't see 
The Rock and The Undertaker, uh, The Rock at a certain point, but you didn't see guys like that wrestling for the IC title all the time. Yeah, no, they were bigger than that. It was either they were going for the belt or they were in a big feud. I agree. So that's my number three, Three Stages of Hell, No Way Out, 2001, Triple H, Austin. I'm about to piss you off with my number three pick. You're going with Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. <laughs> hey, dude, that Saint, that Steel Saint Cage Valentine's match, Day Massacre. That Steel Cage match is actually kind of crazy spot because I'm pretty sure that Paul White, or AKA the Big Show, chokeslams him through the table from. And actually, Vince McMahon took a massive spot that night, but that's not what I'm going for. I'm going to shock you. You're going for Austin versus the McMahons in a ladder match. For control of the company. In 1999, right? In which the big boss man was supposed to be the guy that had the briefcase, but then they never did anything with that storyline. Pretty sure shortly afterwards, the big boss man was making uh, Big Show Dad death jokes after that. Yeah. Hope he croaks. (laughs) Anyway, continue. The third pick for you. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brett the Hitman Hart at WrestleMania 13. I understand that most everyone will say that that's Stone Cold's greatest match ever. Okay. However, I've got a couple more to me that mean more to me. I have a feeling I know what your two and your one is going to be. But that's okay. It's just – it's great because it's what made Stone Cold Steve Austin the man, the myth, the legend that we know who Uh, he is. That was the double Double turn. turn. That's what – the match made this podcast happen. Well, at least the name. At least the name did, yes. Mm-hmm. But there you go. So, I mean, and dude. So, so that's three. That's three. All right. That's it, it, it is an incredible match, but it's three. All right. It's two for me. Fair enough. It's two. I know so, where you're going with number one then. Okay. Yeah. What's your two? Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to shock you. Oh, no. I'm going to massively shock oh, you. Oh, no. This one. Wait. What? Stone Cold versus Dude Love is your number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all sincerity. Um, this was prior to Elimination Chamber. Okay. The Hell in a Cell six-man match. Oh, that's almost cheating. How is it cheating? Because that's not a Stone Cold Steve Austin match. But it is a Stone Cold Steve that's, Austin match. I I have to dispute that. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Come on. I, I can't allow that on this list. No. All right. Okay. Because to me, okay. that's also a Rock match, a Triple H match, a Taker match, an Angle match, and probably Rikishi's best match. Definitely Rikishi's And he took the bump. He did take the bump. So I am disqualifying that okay. pick. All right, fine. I'll take it out. Then I'm going to hit you with another one. Y2J versus Stone Cold at Vengeance in 2001. Love it. That's that's a great match. Great replacement. Yeah. Also barely missed my list. I don't. That probably was six for you, wasn't it? Six or seven? Yeah. Yeah. That's a freaking awesome match. It is. And it uh, is. It, 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 shout out to The Rock and to, the, and to Stone Cold Steve Austin. For and to Kurt Angle, obviously, for agreeing that Chris Jericho was a main eventer on their level because they knew it, All especially right. The Rock. The, the, the Rock I'm very concerned right now because I think we're going to have a difference of opinion at one, and I thought we were going to be in consensus. Okay. All right. On three, we're going to say our number ones. I want to make sure they're different or the same. All right. One, two, three. Rock Austin. Yes. Okay. There we go. That's, I mean, there's. That's the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania. The greatest WWF or WWE title match. All right, so Rock Austin wrestled at 16, okay, it was 15, 15, 17, 17, and 19. Yeah. Okay. Now, there's an argument to be made that both of us left 15 off of this list. You and I have talked about it in this podcast before. We think that WrestleMania 15 was a 
crappy WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and it was saved. It was a crappy. <laughs> it was a scrappy pay-per-view. It sure was. It was saved by Rock Austin 1. And their backlash match one month later is definitely better. But their WrestleMania 15 match was strikingly good. The problem is the X7 match, a.k.a. WrestleMania 17, their no-holds-barred match where Stone Cold turned heel at the end of the match, is amazing. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. You didn't like uh, you didn't like Butterbean and Bart Gunn? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Oh, you didn't like Shane McMahon versus X-Pac? Uh, oh, I love Undertaker <laughs> versus Big Boss Man in the Hell in a Cell match. Sable versus Tori? Oh, clearly. Road Dog versus Gold Dust, Shamrock, and Val Venus. What was that match for? The IC or the European title? <laughs> the IC title. The 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 Road Dog was the IC champion. Oh my! God. You didn't like uh, you didn't like Jarrett and Owen Hart beating D'Lo and Test. That was a really bad WrestleMania. Uh, Triple H um, had a match versus Kane. If I'm not you mistaken, didn't, you didn't like uh, Jacqueline versus Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 wait. Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow and Billy Gunn. Oh, gosh. By the way, that's for the hardcore title. Obviously, yes, yeah. 15 was awful. Horrible. I just had to spill that out. A horrible oh, WrestleMania. I, I also forgot to mention that Kane beat Triple H by DQ. Yes, because China turned on Kane. She turned on Kane and realigned herself with Triple H. And then Triple H and China turned heel on X-Pac later that night. By the way... The second longest match on the card for WrestleMania. It was like 11 and a half minutes. And that was what? Kane and Triple H. Of course. Oh my gosh. Austin Rock went less than 17 minutes. It was a really short match. All right. So, yes, WrestleMania 17 is considered one of the greatest wrestling events of all time. Yeah. Um, Pretty sure it's the greatest WrestleMania of all time. So, I will tell you right now that it's probably the best main event in WrestleMania history? It's up there. I think, I mean, you're a huge fan of the triple threat at WrestleMania 20, as am I. Yes. Uh, the WrestleMania 30 main event is also quite up there on that list. You uh, didn't like you didn't like WrestleMania 2000 with McMahon in every corner? <laughs> Listen, actually, you know what? Let me say something about that match really quickly because that match, I think it's a lot of slack. Um, But... That match shouldn't have been a fatal four-way elimination. That should have just been Rock versus Triple H. Because the Rock-Triple H portion of that was tremendous. You could actually make the case that Rock has just a tad bit more chemistry wrestling-wise with Triple H than he does with Stone Cold, actually. All right. Now, I want to nearly end this conversation with this. Yeah. The match I am about to say, which did not main event the pay-per-view it's at, if it would have main evented... Would you say that Rock Austin at 17 is the best main event of all time? Or would you say Rock Hogan would have been the best main event of all time? That's a good one. Now, Rock Hogan did not main event WrestleMania 18. Do you know what rain evented WrestleMania 18? I do. It was uh, Chris Jericho versus Triple H for the undisputed title. Oh, no. It was Jazz versus. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> Son of a gun. It was uh, Jazz versus Lita and Trish Stratus. <laughs> Good times. No, it was Triple H and uh, Chris Jericho, which, by the way, that match went almost 19 minutes. Rock Hogan under 16 and a half. 
Yes. Um, and the crowd was so just done. Okay, so, so I think how you're answering it is, if Rock Hogan would have closed the show, that would have been your favorite WrestleMania main event of all time. Or I should say the best WrestleMania main event of all time. Which, by the way, no title was on the line in that match. It wasn't. Which it is was, awesome. Which is perfectly fine. I mean, I'll still say the triple threat at WrestleMania 20 with uh, Triple H, HBK, and Benoit. Yeah. Myself. But so X7 is in the top five of main events of a WrestleMania of all time. There's no way it is not number one on this list. It's top three for sure to me. Um, I just said top five conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. Clearly, Roman Reigns versus Triple H is in that list. I think that match gets way too much crap. Clearly, you would have expected the pay-per-view to have ended with The Rock beating Eric Rowan. <laughs> okay. I know that's how you wanted the pay-per-view to end. Clearly. Okay. Absolutely. I know you also wanted them to save the Vince versus Stephanie match for WrestleMania. <laughs> that was during the Stephanie Sable storyline. Yes, I do remember that. That was also during the time period where uh, Zach Gowan was wrestling Brock Lesnar. And then Zach yeah. Gowan was wrestling Vince McMahon. Zach Gowan got thrown down a flight of stairs on a wheelchair Brock Lesnar. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Almost spit out my drink. On that <laughs> it's the truth. He did. You remember that, brother? He got thrown down a flight of stairs on how, a wheelchair. How? How he did? Well, how did, he, how did he not die? Dude was like one seventy. No, I, I obviously it was staged. They didn't actually show him going down the stairs. They just showed him getting thrown and then at the bottom. Yeah, but yes, the illusion is he survived getting thrown downstairs. Barely. Um, to answer your question, I would go with Rock. Hogan okay. over Rock Austin, not because of the match being better, but because of the ending of their X7 match. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Austin turning heel. Actually, no, no, no. I don't mind. I would have liked for him to stone cold, uh, to, to stun Vince McMahon at the end of X7 as opposed to aligning himself with him. And then all of a sudden, that was a very court. risky move to make. And I, at the end, don't think it paid off for them. It didn't. And here's the thing. Stone Cold's heel character was actually great in 2001. He was hilarious. You, you've said it yourself. Comedy Kurt and Stone Cold is one of the greatest things in the history of professional wrestling. We don't wrestling. wear no stinking badges. And then he's, you've got um, Kurt Angle with the little mini cowboy hat. Comedy Kurt. And they're, they're freaking singing Kumbaya in Vince McMahon's office. It's amazing. Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. Right. And not to mention the two man power trip. You can't go wrong with the two man power trip. But was this was this after was the was the uh, Edge and Christian Kazoo themes after that? You think you know me? You think you know me? <laughs> <laughs> it's my time! It's my time! <laughs> awesome with with uh, with uh, Kurt trying to hit on Steph. Oh my god! That whole time that was great. I remember watching that in slow mo and just dying. It's my time! It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, that's it. Get out. No awesome. more pee jokes. Sorry. No more pee jokes. <laughs> you know, for those of you who are saying, what the heck does that mean, no more pee jokes? If you listen to our podcast from two or three weeks ago, we had a malfunction for about I sounded an hour. like Darth Vader. And we sounded, but okay. we both sounded like Darth Vader, and we were talking about Drake Maverick and pee jokes, and that came out in a very deep voice. And then there were pee jokes. And it was really weird. And we apologize, but we're back with good quality sound. I don't I didn't mess with the mic. I just showed up. That that was I'll blame Samson. That's the company. Okay, great. So we agree. (laughs) 
that Stone <laughs> Cold Steve Austin and Rock at WrestleMania X7 for the WWF title was the best of Stone Cold's matches ever. Pretty sure it's probably the best of Rock's as well, even though you can make the case that his Hogan match was amazing as well. But we're not talking about the Rock. We're talking uh, about also, you could throw in more Rock matches that involved he and Triple H. I know. I, I know. Great. And I just – there was – By the way, it is a travesty that we never, ever – Got Rock versus Triple H at WrestleMania. No, I was going to say it was a travesty that we never got a payoff to having Rock versus Michaels. You know, I was... Because Michaels super kicked him and turned heel, and then they never had a match after that. No. And, you know, I read We also never got Austin Hogan, too, but... We never got Austin Lesnar, either. Uh, Actually, yes, we... No, we didn't. We were supposed to. We were supposed to, and then Austin walked out on us. It's okay. I totally understand why he would have. That match deserved all the hype in the world. They were WWE should not have made the mistake that WCW made with Hogan and Goldberg. Where they only gave it one week worth of hype. Can't do that. Can't well, they also that. saved it for a Nitro in Atlanta. In, in the Georgia Dome. Totally. Which is also where they did the uh, finger poke of doom as well. Yeah. Georgia. Six months later. Yeah. It's stupid. Um, but great podcast tonight, bro. I think we got in a lot of good stuff in there. And oh, my goodness. And yeah. this was only part one of the holiday show. We've oh, got next yeah, week baby. in which, uh, well, we, we, we will, of course, have uh, another Raw SmackDown. 205 Live, we will not be reviewing next week as they will have a best of. I'm under the impression NXT will be up uh, next week, so we should have three shows. Uh, they've already hyped Paul Heyman yeah. for next week. We've already hyped a United States title match for next week. The Raw women's title match is going to be on the line? Uh, yes. I There's a don't think they're going to have anybody debut next week. Doubt it. Um, but I believe we're going to see Braun Strowman next week. Uh, looking forward to that. And not to mention that Miz TV segment between him and Shane McMahon. I'm actually looking forward to it. I know you are too because over the past few weeks you've been enjoying a lot of the Miz's work that he's been doing. I just enjoy the fact that Miz is trying so hard to be a babyface even though everybody knows he's still a heel. I think that's what makes it so great. It it makes it work. It does. Which is why I'm actually considering having The Miz win the Rumble and have him turn babyface and face Brian at WrestleMania. Only to lose in eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could have seen my face when he was just saying this, I was he like, went, you're he kidding went, me. He went from euphoric to, oh, I hate you, Ross. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Miz can lastly eliminate uh, uh, somebody enormous, Braun Strowman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, he can eliminate Shane. Yes. Yeah. No. Awful. I don't. I don't need that storyline to be encompassed into the Rumble. I'm I don't. Tell you this I right don't now. need Rumble '99 all over again. Where literally it was: Is Vince going to win, or is Steve Austin going to win? Well, we had that at, in 2016. We were like. Is Roman gonna win? Or hey, is Triple H Dean could have won. Dean should have won. Look, I caught your I, boy Triple H had to meddle in affairs, be the champ again. The main event of WrestleMania 32 should have been Triple H. <laughs> should have been Triple H and Dean Ambrose. Their match at Roadblock was so good they should have had the rematch, or they should have just had Roman retain the title at the Rumble. They should have. And then you could have had Dean. You could have actually had Dean Ambrose versus Triple. What Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns? They could have also had the setup for the triple threat. But remember, Rollins was hurt. Rollins didn't come back You're for two right. months. Right? Yeah, 
right? Rollins but, you know what? I bet you that was the plan. Oh, I know. It Rollins got hurt. Yeah. And so they changed it and went with the different story. Well, remember, line. because when uh, – and we're going to end the podcast here in just a second. But Rollins obviously tore his ACL. But before him tearing his ACL, the actual main event of the Survivor Series in 2015 was going to be Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the WWE title. And w- – I don't know if it was going to be the triple threat because they were kind of on the rocks of maybe uh, having Seth Rollins turn babyface and give us Triple H versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 32 instead of one waiting one year. Um, so there could have been a multitude of different things that they could have done. But obviously, you know, injuries happen. Uh, what pay-per-view was it that we finally got Rollins against Roman in which Rollins won the title and then? It was Money in the Bank. And then Ambrose cashed in. Yeah. So we had all three members of the Shield. That's win exactly that correct. Night. They they main evented. Uh, Dean Ambrose had won the W the Money in the Bank contract just few matches earlier, like maybe at about an hour and a half prior. Mm-hmm. And um, Rollins and Roman put on one of the best matches of the year that year. Like that that Money in the Bank match to me is quite possibly my favorite Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins match. That match was fire, and. Uh, he beat Rollins beat Roman clean. Nobody remembers that because of what happened afterwards. But Roman or Rollins beat Roman clean, and then uh, Ambrose showed up. I uh, I actually watched Money in the Bank over Game Seven of the NBA Finals that year, which is crazy. Uh, would that have been Warriors Cavs? Yeah, that was when LeBron. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. Wait, wait. Was that the year that uh, the Cavs won? That's correct. I blame you. <laughs> hey, man, I marked out when Dean Ambrose won the world title. But with that said, guys, we'll <laughs> go ahead and end this podcast here tonight. This has been J-Man for Boss Ross. Boss Ross is ready to go. He enjoyed his uh, Sonoran hot dogs from Guerrero Canelo this evening. Hey, uh, tell them where this uh, podcast can be found and tell them our new uh, place where the podcast sure, can be found. Sure, absolutely. Well, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher, Radio Public, Breaker. Um, and you can also find us on Pocket Cast and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on this new place called CastBox. So if you have CastBox, we're on there. Search for the double turn. Um, and thanks for listening. We wish you an incredibly Merry Christmas. And we will be back to wish you a Happy New Year. For sure. Week. We'll be looking forward to it. We are so excited to bring you this year in review. Uh, we're gonna, we're really putting a lot of work into it, and we hope that you guys can agree with it. And if you guys don't agree with it, well, you know, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But we're smarter than you, so it's just I'm, – I'm totally kidding. We're not. I mean, You just turned heel with five seconds to go on the show. Yes. And wow. that's how it's done. All right. J-Man's out. Boss Ross, you out? I'm out. We out. Catch you on the flip side? Exactly. Tell him. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.